Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is 4Network. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real-time limits making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Barnaston, he is the Pyramid, Red Florence. And it's going to be the funniest podcast out there, because that's what I'm all about, baby. The comedy and the money. And his partner, the top end of Stevenson. From Mecca Echo City to Beef Community Centre, I've got stories that are going to blow your mind. Oh, it's the best time of the week. It's the time to turn on your Wrestling Daft podcast and hear the sultry tones of one Mr. Rob Florence sitting here talking to you and across the table from me, the one and only Mr. Grado. It's your it's your soul, Grado! Sent it, mate. Uh, so, Grado, what have you been up to? Listen, by the way, this show is going gangbusters, man. This show is people are coming up to me in the co and they're saying, <laughs> we've been listening to your podcast, brother. Guy works in the co like that to me. I love your show, brother. I love you. It's good shit. Yeah, you can. I listen to it in my break at the co, brother. Can I come on your show, brother? Oh, yeah, I'll tell you some stories about a honky-tonk man, brother. <laughs> no, it was Morrison's he was in. Oh, right. right. He's, not, he's not a co, man. What have you been up to? Um, right, so... I bet he's been wrestling here. He I was wrestling. I wrestled on Saturday night in Tillicutri. Near um, Sterling. Against Jack Morris, who was brilliant, man. He was a. You need to check out Jack Morris. He's an up and comer on the, on the scene, and he's amazing. He's selling as second to run. He was brilliant. What's to his work. body like? It's just absolutely gorgeous. He's oh, he's got muscles and six packs, and oh, he's got a chest on him and long oh, hair and chest. all that. He's got a full lot. Has he got big lang leagues on him? Oh, he's got lang leagues, mate. All lang leagues. He's about six foot three. He's about <laughs> six foot three. And he just looks absolutely. Oh, he's got it all. Did they beat you? Oh no 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 no. Did, did he beat me? No 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 no. I, I, I don't day jobs. Listen, I don't day jobs in Telecutry. Ah uh, yeah. I don't day jobs in fucking Telecutry. All right. That's again a part <laughs> I like here. Then I went to um, jumped in the motor with a leotard on in the wrestling boots and drove myself to Greenock Town Hall to wrestle Jack Jester. And uh, just before we love Jack Jester well, Jack on this show, friend love, of the show, Jack Jester. Love wrestling him, and uh, just before. Um, we were main eventing because obviously I, I started early at Reckless Intent and Telecutry. The PA system goes tits up. Nay, 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 Mike. Nay, music. And for me, <laughs> if I don't have my, you know what I mean? My aye, aye, aye. Like, what? Um, you must have been raging. Uh, you just shouting at the promoter? You shouting at the promoter? No, the promoter was nowhere to be seen. It was just, uh, so we decided, bang, stint halfway uh, Scrap on top of the stage next to the big piano in the Greenock Town Hall. Oh, boy. And uh, we um, 
For a for, guy who loves an entrance, that's a nightmare for you. That's the kind of thing you wake up in the middle mm-hmm. of the night sweating about, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's my worst nightmare. And it has happened. You know, I remember it happened in Clyde Bank Toon Hall. It was like the, the, the actual PA system bus, so they had to use like an old fucking hi-fi thing. So it was like... The sound quality was terrible, and I remember just going absolutely nuts. I feel bad about it now, but kissing made up about the time, but I was absolutely raging. What the fuck you got the APA? I saw a fucking got my entrance. I've got no comment. I've got fuck all. I've got fuck all. I need my fucking edge. You walked it. You did it. You walked it. Listen, mm-hmm. I'll tell you a story. We did Burniston Live, right? And we did it. I think it was it was either at the Kings or the Theatre Royal or something. We did Burniston Live. And at the end of the show, we were doing that. We were doing it. You know, whose shoes are they? Whose shoes, shoes are they? they? We had old song rapping. We were doing it, right? And we get through the first verse. Whose shoes are they? Whose shoes? Can't remember the words. Whose shoes are they? Whose shoes are they? And the music stopped and went back to the start. It stopped. It stopped. Did it stop? It stepped, right? It stepped. Music stepped. Right. Went back to the start, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and fucking started playing again. Big Connell's looking at me. There'll be fear in his eyes. We get up to the bit again. This is the bit I cut off at last time. Whose <laughs> shoes are they? Whose shoes are they? Half again, man. Again. Back to the start again. Big Connell's fucking raging. Fury in his eyes, you know what I mean? I'm fucking... And I, I just... I went into panic mode and I went... Right. There, was two, there was these wee women in the front row, women about like 30... About 40 years old, right? Mm. And I went... Up the stage, yous! That was all I could think of then. And just been panicking. Hold on, wait a minute. So, so the music, the music is off, and the first thing you do is just Aye. get two random women come on the Who's stage. Who's shoes are later? Right up the stage, yous. <laughs> up as if we'd planned it as some kind of. I got yous are going to dance now. Up he's come. I was thinking this is going so fucking bad. I'm going to involve other people in this car crash. This proves Aye. to me if I was in like a house fire or something, right? If a house went in fire, I'd just run out. I wouldn't fucking try and escape. I'd just go out in the street and drag people in. I'd pull people into the fucking house fire. <laughs> so it's a nightmare when PA stuff. Eh? So, so, so two good wrestling matches anyway. Uh, two good matches. Acceptable. It's all about what happens in the ring, baby. Uh, no, it was. It was. I love watching Jester, and it was the first time I watched Jack Morris, and it was brilliant. And uh, and then on Monday, I managed to meet up with a couple of old friends. The WWE were in town, so tell uh, us about this WWE. But at the Hydro on Monday, hydro. I'm sure some of the listeners were there. Right, we got some tweets, didn't we? Regarding uh, the we did. The red light was on. The red Man, light was on there. Fucking hilarious, man! Absolutely. Who did you so, see? Tell, tell us about. Oh, who did I see? Are you allowed to oh, talk right. about? Are you allowed to, to talk well, about other people well, you well. saw? Go to watch what I'm saying. <laughs> no, um, no. Be I, careful. I was, here. I was, um, I went along to see Spud because obviously I've known Spud for over ten years. What a guy! And uh, obviously it's amazing to see how well he's done. But I was really, really, really chuffed to see the big man, big abyss, Spud. Um, uh, went into the catering bit and uh, go to abyss and says, "I've, I've got a surprise for you." And he walked out. And uh, oh great! Oh, we're jumping about and kissing oh. each other and cuddling. And, uh, oh my god! What a surprise! What a surprise! I wanted to surprise you, big man. I wanted to surprise you. It was such a good surprise. Did he know? Con- ba- did he know when he knew he was coming to the city? Did he know contact you to come and see him? No, no see, then now you've made me feel. That's funny, isn't it? <laughs> That's a bit funny, isn't it? <laughs> no, he's a busy guy, but Abyss is one a- of the most Abyss- charming, Abyssy guy, beautiful guy. What's he doing at WWE? He's a producer. He's a producer like you, John. Oi! He's like, that's Urabus. He's Urabus. He's Urabus. He's Urabus. He's Urabus. He's Urabus. And so, who else did you see backstage? Did you see any. Uh... I've seen all the stars, mate. I spoke to B. Rey Mysterio. I've been in a couple of tours with him, so it was good talking to him. And, uh, How's B. Ray doing? Is he doing all right? Brand new, mate. He's we brand ready. new. He's, uh, he's, he's looking good. It's, it's amazing to see him back. It's amazing to see that it. guy still going full force, full intensity. What age is he? 
63 now or something? I thought he was 74 aye. years old, aye, 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 aye. And he's been doing it for he was about like, two. Aye, something like that. If he, uh, was, if he was just a guy that lived in like Mary Hill or something, be, you know what I mean? Right. At that age, he'd be... Be working the coal. Son, can you help me across the road? <laughs> I can't see the bus coming with this fucking mask on. Help me <laughs> Uh, and who else did you see? Randy Orton. Oh, you saw big Randy! Oh, big Randy. 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 Oh, I tell you, what a, fucking, what a fine figure of a guy. Hey, this, is, this, is, this is a wrestling podcast, by the way, where we are happy to talk about these specimens, by the way. What, what a specimen big Randy Orton is. Bray Wyatt as well. Did you see the fiend himself? Uh, tell him. Aye. Marcus asking for you, big man. Just under normal visibility, you saw him. Mm-hmm. Did he have his mask on? No. No. Right. Must be sweating under that mask, right? It's gonna be fucking sweating under that mask. Oh yes, oh, it's, it's, it's passion sweat. D- Rob, these arenas are hot. It's, uh, it's, it's always tell me what arenas like. It's, <laughs> no, okay. it's the it's the biggest thing that wrestlers always say when uh, when they come back from us. Oh, it's roasting out there. It's roasting out there. Every, uh, there will be without fail one wrestler to come back fair that I can go. Oh, Christ, it's warm out there. It's warm out there every time. <laughs> Nobody's ever come back going, oh, it's fucking freezing out there, man. Freezing get a scarf on, it's by the way. Here, Ray Mysterio, get a fucking scarf on if you're gone down there. <laughs> Hope there's a wee, a wee fleece lining inside that mask. It's fucking freezing down there. Right, we we've got a lot of lovely uh, chorus. Hey, by the way, I passed my driving test. Oh, so you did, mate. I was going to bring this up. So I am uh, on the road now. I've passed my driving test. I'm on the road. I'm driving about. And one, I've just, here's something I've realised since taking to the roads. Everybody on the road is a fucking heel when we talk about. <laughs> Wrestling, everybody yep. talk about a fucking swerve, man. <laughs> guys are swerving fucking in front of you without indicating and all that. It's like you just need to watch yourself. You need to watch. I could now drive. I could go to ICW mm-hmm. and I could drive the fucking Hummer mm-hmm. and I could I could run down mm-hmm. a Ravy Davy <laughs> and a motor. I could run down Ravy Davy and a motor. That's how. That's fucking how I, reverse them. Did I tell this? If I tell this on the podcast, that's how I got uh, ICW Fear and Loving. A couple of years ago. You get ran down? Aye. <laughs> Did you? Aye, <laughs> man. It was, it was during the time they were filming for Insane Fight Club. And I always remember it was like nine months before it. And they released a poster, Fear and Loving, at the uh, ABC. Our biggest show yet and all that. Can't wait. Nine months to go. I went, I'm going to Vegas. No. I've got a holiday book flying. That's when you're kidding me. I goes, mate, I'm going to Vegas, man. I've saved up for this. Me yep. and my brother going to Vegas kind of thing. And uh, I was like, right, how do we take me out? And so I we done Grado get ran over my red astra. I'll get ran over on the Clyde side. I'm trying to remember who actually ran who was you know like who done it, who it was I don't even, even, whole... even think it was a who done it. Did it's... you have to do the roller or the bonnet and no, all that? Was it just a fan that did it? Did I know just... even a storyline thing, it was just a fan did it. I can't remember what happened, but I think I just fucking jumped in the bonnet and just go go whoever was like editing it to speed it up to make it look as if I got a right saying but I get hit, see the about worst te- thing ever see about 10 years ago I got hit by a taxi in the town <laughs> I, got, I was crossing all the road running about where old Tower Records used to be if you remember where that is in Glasgow the Healingman's Umbrella and I, I wasn't looking and I just walked out right in front of a taxi and a taxi knocked me hit me you just got up and just the taxi kind of bumped me and I kind of so kept know? my balance and I did a big stagger and then I just kept walking and I kind of like tried to kid on <laughs> I try to do that. No, no, I, I know you mean. That hang you do when you trip in the street. I, and you try no sell it and kid on and just fucking start like, <laughs> did you maybe like, take out your phone and all no, that instead? Like, it, wasn't just, until, it wasn't until like I was running the corner like three minutes later I was going, there's going to be people going, <laughs> did you see that guy just got hit by a mole and just was like, I'll oh, just maybe need they saw it. Maybe need the fucking tax drivers like, I mean, you're fucking idiot. You're fucking, I saw you. 
So, so, so I can fucking hit. I'm so a big bruise on my thigh. A big bruise on my hip. Not a on my thigh. <laughs> Sounds like I've made up this story. I was getting shagged by a taxi I driver. A taxi driver was shagging me and I made up a story about him. Right. Okay, let's move. <laughs> let's move on now. Gredo's belly's out, by the way, in the studio. Aye, it's getting warm in here. I'm ready, to take, I'm, I'm ready to take my tap off. Would you mind? Come to on. Go for it. Aye. He's taking his tap off. It's a wrestling show. Get, I'll take mine off as well. There you go. As a correspondence for last week, listen, the fans are loving this show. And, and remember we were talking last week about uh, having encounters with wrestlers in weird places, like seeing wrestlers in weird places and all that. Aye. Ian McIntyre got in touch saying, I can't mind exactly what year it was, but I met Earthquake <laughs> in my local in Campbelltown. I sat down next to him and was just sitting there for ages until eventually I worked up the courage to ask him what was in the bag when he crushed Jake the Snake Snake. He just looked at me and said, I think you had me confused with someone else. Eh, no. <laughs> he eventually said it was jam donuts, but I think JR said it was burger meat, so I don't know if Big Tenta was pulling my plonker or no. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, a wee bit later, I was in the toilet and he walked in and we started speaking again and he told me he didn't like Brett anyway, but he loved Owen and when I asked him if he preferred being a healer of face, he told me to spend less time on the internet anyway. <laughs> and next day, I found out one of my work colleagues followed him in his hotel and threatened to batter Earthquake if he didn't drink the pint he'd bought for the big man anyway. People are fucking arseholes, imagine. First of all, drink, water. <clears throat> drink that pint, I fucking go to Earthquake and I don't fuck at you. What's wrong with people in Campbelltown, man? I find it rich that uh, Tenter, who's sadly no longer with yeah, us, unfortunately, was uh, saying he spends too much time on the internet. He had an account Tenor on the was UKFF. Never after internet. He was never after internet. He, was, he was before Twitter and mm-hmm. before everything else. He was on fan forums. But um, I find that very rich come for the big man, but obviously don't want to speak ill of the dead. Oh, he's was, a sweet guy. Aye, man. Big Tenter. Tell Old you what, tenter. man, it always amazes me. Big earthquake man when he was doing all that work night with Jake the Snake, he was only like 18 years old or something. Aye, nah, he wasn't that young, but he was young. No, aye, aye. He just looked older with that fucking hair, wasn't it? Aye, big or a hairy face and baldy head. See, that's your and that's kind of your time of wrestling. Like, you know, when I'm thinking my prime of wrestling, watching wrestling is like The Rock, Stone Cold, and a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Your equivalent to that is like no, no, my equivalent because I loved that. That was Aye. I was more into attitude era well, stuff really than, than anything probably. But I was watching it. I mean, I mind Texas Tornado. You know, Mister Perfect, Bret Hart. You know, they that was that was my era. That was the, the, the getting the figures and all that. You know what I mean? Do you know what? I've never owned one wrestling figure. Oh mate, you're fucking missing yourself. No, nah, I never. Way. It's weird. I never, never, never was. Interested I still take in all mine into the bath with me, man. A Sunday <laughs> night, take them into the bath, just balance with Triple H on my bell end. Right, now remember you can get in touch by... <laughs> I'm like, Triple H, don't take a fucking sledgehammer out when you're standing there. Remember, <laughs> you can get in touch by hitting us up on Twitter, at Wrestling Daft, on Insta, at Wrestling Daft Podcast, and just Wrestling Daft on Facebook, yep. if indeed you're, you're still on Facebook with your granny and all that. <laughs> Every week... On this show, we want you to bury or put over something for the week of wrestling because we talk in the wrestling vernacular on this show because we're a wrestling podcast. Uh, so, you know, what do you want to bury this well, week, Grado? Well, what do you want to put over, baby? Right, put over, I'll, uh, I watched the AEW show and the highlight for me was the Jericho and Cody match. Absolutely, and mate. It was, a, it was an absolute barnstormer. Um, I think the build-up was amazing. The, the drama. Build, the build-up was brilliant. See that promo video that went out, right? 
of Cody's that was that emotional legacy yep. video, right? And then Jericho's one that came out. Parody. It was a piss take it. Fucking beautiful. It man. was brilliant. Is, is, that the one? Want, it? is that the one where it, and it cuts to like um, Jack Swagger and he's just, just, just saying nothing? Say nothing. Uh, if you've not seen that, get get involved in that because that is really entertaining stuff. And the guy that puts this, all the stuff together is really talented. Like it's, what's his name? Um... Christ, it's oh, I know his name. It's Kevin Sullivan. Sullivan, funny enough, because he used to he used to work on uh, used to work in TNA then all the video packages. Right. He was brilliant. And uh, I remember when I when I first started, I'm going Kevin Sullivan. I'm going. I didn't know he could like, make <laughs> video packages. Not that I'm going. He's really good at that. So I was at WrestleCon and I seen the other Kevin Aye. Sullivan, right? And somebody stopped me for walking up for him. I was just about to do this. I get thing I didn't. But I was about to walk up to the Kevin Sullivan, the old WCW aye, book aye, and go. Mate, you're fucking cracking, by the way, putting the video packages, packages together. You make me look great. <laughs> and then somebody went, no, it's Kevin. The guy's name's Kevin Sully. It's no Kevin Sullivan. It's two different people. Oh, thank God, that'd have been enough of Redneck. That would have been enough of Redneck. Who are you? So he would have. He was involved in some dark kings, Kevin Sullivan, let me tell you. He used, but, to, he used to think he was a devil worshipper, not a mm, Kevin Sullivan. I mean, that used to be. I just couldn't. It used to be the story. Gredo doesn't want to say it, and he's too fiat to call upon, to, to call the wrath of Kevin Sullivan down on him. Ah, challenge Kevin Sullivan to curse this podcast. What he's doing right now? Chanting a spell at you, uh, probably. Um, so that's what we're putting over. That that was brilliant, that build-up. What do you want to bury, though? I just think they wasted CM Punk's uh, <laughs> return. <laughs> <laughs> it's CM Punk's return was like as if like we'd be sitting here the new, right, having this podcast, and then we went like that. And now, and, oh, here's Jesus, by the way. Jesus has <laughs> came back, and he's sitting... There he's there, Jesus, like, all right, everybody, I I'll just uh, <laughs> here, just telling you the uh, Beer 52... Get get yourself some beers and that. Cheers, Jesus. Right, see you later. I mean, that's what it was like. I know that I'm saying CM Punk is like Jesus. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, the only thing I can imagine has happened here, right, with a CM Punk situation, right, is that he's a guy who has always viewed himself as like the things he's done in his career have always been quite subversive and quite different, right. And I think there's maybe a wee bit of him that's thought, I'm going to deny the fans that moment of that big pop of me coming out at a wrestling match or whatever. I'm going to appear back in my the way that I want to do it, and the way that I'm happy to do it, I'm not going to give them that big pop, that kind of... Because, you know, everybody knew it was, like, predictable. We're like, he's eventually going to appear on one of his wrestling shows, big, giant pop. Who's it going to be? We're mere talking about who it's going to be. And I think he's just... He's probably got a wee bit of pleasure out there puncturing that wee balloon and just appearing on that show in a kind of low-key manner. That's the only thing I can imagine, because... I think for most guys, a guy like yourself, guy like me, I'm not even a wrestler, I'd want to be coming out in the biggest arena in them all. Mm. I'd be wanting to come out in WrestleMania, popping up, busting through the, 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 the ring. He should have cut through the ring like that when that red light bulb was on, when the Fiend was in the ring. should have cut through, appeared through it with a mad mask on Aye. that said CM Punk across it. That's what I would have done. <sighs> I've been in his house. You've been in CM Punk's house? Aye. Did the alarms go off? No, mm, I remember, no. No, you were invited in. Tell you what happened. No, fuck. Right, we've got an exclusive here, guys. Wrestled, wrestled in Chicago, and uh, there was it was a six man I was involved in Chicago, America. And on the and in the in the six man, the, the the heel team had a manager, right, that was wearing a mask and was disguised and stuff like that. And we're uh, we're gone through the match backstage, and this guy shake his hand and all that. And I'm like, why is he wearing his mask? And kind of thing. I was like, well, Mark. And um, we're going for the match, and he just suddenly starts doing things like flicking my ear and like jet slapping me and all that. And I'm going, Who is this? Fuck it, who is this? And I'm going, Who is this? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to Colt, and Colt was going, Mate, I don't know. I'm going, Mate, I'm going to bust this cunt. I'm like, Why is he? He's, he's not even, he, doesn't even know, he doesn't even know me. He's been too friendly around about me. He's been too, 
Aye. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, where's this guy? So, day the six man, he's out, day the manager, all this and outside and all that. Doesn't get involved in the match in any way at all. Yep. I come back and go, what was the point of that fucking manager even being out there? Why was he even there? So, I'm like, get that guy away from me, man. I'm going to have my nut. He leaves and all that. And, and uh, so, we then um, leave and we go back to Cabana's bit and Cabana goes, oh, I need to pick up something for Punk. Um, he's left something. He's away training in uh, Seattle or whatever for UFC. And um, I'm like, what? You're kidding, man. We've got to punk We've got to punk We've got to punk Pulls up and he punks us because then he opens the door. So, so Cabana had a key? Uh, I don't know if it's a key or a code. Right. And uh, walks in the house and the cunt with the fucking mask is sitting on ch- the couch, unmasks himself. <laughs> it's fucking CM Punk. That's fucking CM Punk Mate, that's was a, a manager. Brilliant. Was a manager. That's a brilliant story, on this by the way. Random fucking spot show in Chicago, downtown Chicago, and nobody knows about it. That's a better story than any of our guests on this podcast have told. That's why you are an amazing guy. Well, I've never been in CM Punk's house. Whose house have I been in? Uh, I was in the, the Jeanette Cranky's house. Have you been in the Cranky's house? She had a mask on as well, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> all right, let's see what the listeners have been putting over and burying. I'm not going to eat, I'm going to eat all the listeners, right? Just my favourite ones. Just the ones I like. Dave Whitelaw is putting over Punk being back at WWE. Him... Versus The Fiend and his red light for WrestleMania main event next year. What do you think? Do you think we'll see Punk back in the ring wrestling? I'm still not convinced we nah, will, mate. I don't think it just... That, that's, that thing that was done on Tuesday night kind of answers a lot of questions to me. I know? don't see him doing it. I don't see him wrestling again. Well, I could be wrong. But do you know what you said earlier on, which was quite interesting, which I agree with you, like, you saying that he likes to bust the bubbles. So I do agree with you that because I've seen a few interviews. Like I remember he done like a, he was in Chicago the, the night of the first All In pay-per-view and like everybody was going oh is he going to be there and he was just like look I'm not going to be there and you're like Aye. don't even you don't need to call you know what I mean like leave the people fucking hanging on but no I'm not going to be there and he did did he know practically say that as well did he know say something like just when people think they've got the answers so I changed the culture he said was what he said which is a wee twist on I would put over that that was cool Roddy's old but thing. he could have said but that look, in Smackdown yeah but but yeah but was come on that, but was that I'm not saying you know like the the Traditional setup would be a big appearance at a hang me, but he's like, mm. he's like, nah, no doing that. I'm not playing by your fucking rules. So, I'm do not. you mean that you think that just when you when he said that phrase, just when you, what is that again? He said something like, Aye. just when you think you've got so the answers, I changed the that, culture. That you might turn around and say, you know, all oh, that shit of me saying I'll never come back to wrestling's or just to work. No, no, right, I think okay. Mary was just saying, look, look, this is how this is how. I'm coming back into this world. I'm doing it on my terms. I'm walking in on this show that I'm, you know, that I'm happy today. I don't know. Um, but that's what Dave Whitelaw says. And he's, Dave Whitelaw also wants to bury this storyline with Rusev, Lashley and Lana. It's going on right now. Absolute dog shit. He says, no. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's fair play to him for keeping going with it. Calzo wants to bury CM Punk's week as fuck return. And he also wants to put over GR being a money bastard, which I can absolutely... You love a money GR. Love, don't you? love a money GR. He's crab as fuck on his podcast. Travelling issues, his woes are absolutely second to none. Uh, the blonde Brocky wants to put over chips, cheese, and donor meat and up the road. I, I'll agree with that. Um, chips, cheese, and donor meat is, uh, is always my favourite post match meal. Right, hold on here though. As and up the road. Is I mean, I see, this is why I need to be cautious because I don't want to be like, ah, it's really good. I love eating that. If they're a night out, I need to make sure that chips, cheese, and donor meat on the some workers for you know, some some like Ring of Honor guys that I'm not, I'm like not aware well. of. 
Like it's some, like it's a faction. Could be a Chips fucking faction. Me. Chips, cheese, and donut meat, mate. Man. I know. You don't know what you've done there. I know. Get a t-shirt. Chips, like. cheese, and donut meat, and yeah. a six-man. Mate, there's going to be a there's an ICW six-man tournament that's, that started this year. I think it's called King of the Honors. Uh, yeah. There needs to be a chips, cheese, and donut meat. I'll manage them. Right. I'll manage them. Right. I'll put out the that's ICW it. just now. Chips, cheese, and donut meat is your new uh, faction for that, and I will be the manager. And I'll wear a mask and people will all be like that. Who's that guy in the mask? Is that CM Punk? I might be CM Punk there managing chips, cheese and donor meat. <laughs> and the blonde Brocky wants to bury uh, the matches that start as singles. As singles then turn into a six-man tag out of nowhere. Well, it yes. can't happen completely out of nowhere. It can't really happen out of nowhere. But I do kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm. I hate it when you're tuning in to see mano a mano and then you end up with mano a mano a mano a mano a mano a mano. Nobody wants that. Uh, but a different story if chips, cheese and donor meat are in one of the tags. I want to see that. That's true. Um, <laughs> you want to be in that faction? Is that what you're saying here? Uh, Which yeah. one would you be? Donor. Would you be Donor, mate? Aye. My Donor. Get it? <laughs> what? Oh, oh my God! God. Oh, shit! Oh, shit. shit. oh we oh, got shit. something here, big. Oh, shit! Write that down, man. Shit! We don't want to... Fi- right, so have you any ones? Um, are there any other ones you like? Sorry, here? mate. I am just sitting here with my tap off. Just, uh, hang on. We've got a... I don't know if it's a tweet or if it's a... An AOL instant message, but it comes from Yowie Wowie. Put over the sheer fuckery of that lights out match between Moxley and Omega. Loved watching all that crazy violence. Now, I'm a big, big fan of all that stuff, man. I used to watch Tournament of Death every year. CCW, it feels to me that Moxley has been released for his cackles or whatever you say, and he wants to get involved. Is it released for his cackles? Or cackles? Cackles. Yep. Shackles, shackles, that's it, shackles. And, uh, he's a witch, he's I, been released for his I, cackles. He's been released, and you know what? I can tell he's been choking to do that. Choking to do a match like that for years, and he's went, I'm fucking going for it. It was great seeing the old CZW footage that they put in there. If you haven't for the tournament of death, it was good. My opinion on a match, yeah, you went too far. Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? What do you think? Uh, it's, it's no for me. But you know that what? That's, that's what no, I'm mean. saying. But that, look, it was entertaining. It was very entertaining. Aye. I sat up and watched it, man, my eyes. That's the, that's the first time in years, man. We see, I come think about it. Must be like a decade for the last time I've actually sat up and watched a, a wrestling pay-per-view. But, you know, other than other than WrestleMania... WrestleMania's different, isn't it? Aye, WrestleMania's like, different. So's the Super Rumble. Bowl, right? So's the Rumble, man. Aye. Let's move on. You're listening to Wrestling Daft, but hey, I need to tell you about uh, German Donner Kebab. Let's get some... Some news. Hey, you love German Donner Kebab, didn't you, Grado? I've been a few times with you at the one in Glasgow, and I love it, I'm telling you. See the way they just pack the Donner meat into this wee breedy thing? I love it. And they have the, see that fake kind of cheesy sauce that you get at the mm. pictures? That they put? I love that. You can get that as a wee side. You can get a side of jalapenos. It's all stacked in. You I should, love it. You should see his wee face when he's describing this here. His eyes are oh, shut. He's just picturing it. Did you get it for free? Did you get it no. free? No, 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 no. In fact, actually, when I think about it, I've been about four times, I've paid every time. Do you know, though, that it's got 40 branches across the UK, but now they're opening a new branch, mate, in, in Edinburgh. Oh, the capital! On Lothian Road. <laughs> but it opens, by the way, on Monday the 18th of November, meaning the capital can finally get a taste of this German Donner kebab food. Like, Gredo, what kind of food have we got there? Donner nachos. Donner spring rolls. Donald Burgers, Donald Quesadilla's brother. Donald Nachos, you know, des- describe, what, what is the deal? Well, there? I would imagine you're going to get, you know, your typical nachos with, with, with Donald meat or it. Wait a minute, just, you would imagine? I would imagine. So you don't know? I've never heard no, of Donald Nachos. Paint, don't go painting a picture for the people when you don't know exactly what it is, but I'm sure it's going to be delicious. Where are we going? Do you, but, want, to, do you want to go to now? We'll start queuing outside the door for some of these Donald Nachos. Let's go. 
maybe see some of you doing there, folks. Aye, eh? aye. Gentlemen, Donner Kebab. Coming to Edinburgh, Lothian Road, was... Monday, 18th of November. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. You just made the list! It's time now for the list of wrestling daft. It's a list. Everybody loves it. We need a list. jingle. We need a jingle for that. In fact, that's that's what we're right. Okay, Mate, that's rude. That was the jingle, right? If you guys, if there's anybody out there who wants to donate a jingle for the list, right? Wait a minute, they're not getting paid. No. Well, maybe they get them any cans at that beer fifty-two, no? If you get, but if you want, but I thought my I thought my jingle was good personally. Um, it's time for the it's a list. How day? That'll do. Right. right. Uh, so, <laughs> The Fiend was in Scotland this week. Margaret, Eric, Eric Fiend. Eric Fiend. He was in Scotland this week at a hydro for a WWE live show, and his entrance is it's one of the best, it says here on this page. It's written down. That is a good entrance, yeah. isn't it, to be fair, because he, he walks slow and all that. I've not seen the new one, but I've seen somebody um, tweet a video when they were Ab- in Aberdeen, I think on Saturday night or Sunday night, were they? Or Sunday afternoon, and it looked well cool. He was walking, he walks down slowly with his head knees on. So I want to talk about the best entrances ever on this list, and I'm going to give you a wee list here. So I'm going to start the off right, right with my number three. My number three is. Mr. Perfect, all of Mr. Perfect's entrances, no a specific entrance because people get a wee bit confused here, I think, and they, you know, they think about great entrances and they instantly think about all the pyro and the lights and all the drama and all the, all the pomp and circumstance. Mr. Perfect just had what I think is the quintessential wrestler's entrance. He had the swagger, he had the look on his face, you know that look on his face, that superior can look on his face, chewing his gum, cool. and that thing you would do, spitting out his gum, batting it away. How many times have you tried that? I've, I've tried, I used to do it at school all the time, used to do it at right. school, and I, boom, whacking, hitting people in the face, my chewing gum and all that. <laughs> um, flinging his towel, Bobby Heenan catching it, two of them cool as anything, man. And that is, I think that is the quintessential wrestler's entrance, that Mr. Perfect entrance, where he just swaggers down like that. Just I study that, see, any young guys want to get into the game, professional wrestling, you might study Mr. Perfect's entrances. Um, moving on now to my number two. And it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, specifically at WrestleMania 13, when that big bit of glass shattered in front of him. Do you remember that? Bret Hart match? Yep, but, um... Aye, did the surface was a little better. Aye, I mean, but anyway, but I'm talking about that entrance where the... Just mainly talking about that glass shattering in front of him. Remember, it was the big boom and it fell down and then Stone Cold was standing there. It was brilliant. Behind, every time I look at myself in the mirror, I always think to myself, Stone Cold could be behind this mirror, for all I know. And then, uh, what a great match as well. Crank match. Absolutely crank match. JR said it was his best match to go. Let's move on to my number one. And my number one is Triple H at WrestleMania 30. WrestleMania 30. 
Gredo, Triple H, if you remember, out with his gold Conan gear. All gold. On his gold throne. With a, with a woman around him. Charlotte Flair was there, is that right? With Charlotte there. I think it was Charlotte. I think it was Sasha Banks, Banks. was there. I think it was Alexa Bliss. Possibly. Was there. Um, dressed up with her masks and the chains and all that on. All looking a million bucks. And the reason why I love that entrance and you know, and Triple H is sitting there, right, with his mad skull mask on, his crown and his chains and all that. And the reason why I love that entrance is because I think to myself, this is the, the kind of, this is the essence of what being a pro wrestler is. Sitting there, bedecked in gold, right, with tens of thousands of people screaming for you, right, with your music playing, with beautiful women stunning around you, right? That's the fantasy in it. It's, it's, the, it's the male fantasy, the male fantasy of being a pro wrestler. And it's all written there. It's all displayed before us in theatre. You know, and I just think it's it's just beautiful. It's a quintessential, it's a quintessential thing. A beautiful wee thing that you had. you got to say quintessential? It's the here? quintessential. It's, <laughs> it's the quintessential. It's fucking quintessential. It was at Quintessential Mania 30 and Triple H. Oh, it, it was just a, it's a beautiful entrance. Hey, can I say mine? Aye, Overall. Wish us, wish us. Uh, my favourite entrance of all time, wrestling, without a doubt, is the Sandman's One Night Stand. 2005, they were, we were wondering, is he going to get the music? Because other matches oh, on the aye show, aye. they were using their WWE songs. They couldn't get their songs that they had used in ECW, which, can you believe that Paul this Heyman cowboyed that? Can you believe that for years, Paul Heyman cowboyed basically using music using that he that was stuff. supposed to? And our, Bischoff says that quite a lot in interviews. He always says, like, you know, you know, the reason why ECW, you know, at the time was looked at cooler than WCW was because, well, Heyman had the buzz to just dare. Just dare. You know what yep, I mean? Whereas aye. Bischoff, they, he, he was like, why he was doing aye. that? He was yep. too corporate and stuff like that. However, you're stunning that Tommy Dreamer makes his entrance. He gets to the end of the ramp. He's thing when he's, he's clasped his horns together and the music enters Simon Hatch. And Tommy Dreamer's smile it just this big cheesy glorious couldn't he be happier smile at Sandman's music hitting Aye. and it is perfect he comes out for the, the second tier he's stunning on the edge of the balcony everybody's singing it somebody in the crowd's got an FWA sign which really popped me you know <laughs> fucking how random an FWA sign I wouldn't call myself a Sandman fan, right? I wasn't even a Sandman fan. And I remember that, and I remember the fucking feeling, how excited I felt as well, because it was just suddenly you had this authentic moment. It was the quintessential... <laughs> <laughs> authentic moment. No, but it was. It was an amazing moment, and it was cool as fuck, It man. was, it you was. Know what I mean? Anyway, uh, but you guys have also had a, a, a wee bit of input here. Um, Geech says that every cunt in a dug. <laughs> Am I allowed to say every cunt on this right. wrestling podcast? Excuse me. I don't know why you keep looking at the camera. Is the camera now? Gordon? Am I allowed to? Am I allowed to say this? Gordon's the guy who looks after our regulations and stuff. Am I, am I allowed to say every cunt? Apparently, every cunt is different for cunt. Every cunt and their dug at WrestleMania six and their wee motorized ring. The show probably had about thirty years worth of entrances because it took fucking ages. You mind that? I'm coming down the wee fucking rings. Uh, brilliant. I love that every cunt and their dug. <laughs> Chris Henderson loved Triple H's mad Terminator daylight entrance at WrestleMania 31. Utter nonsense and all the best ways. I, I mean, love, it was fucking terrible. What it? I love about that was um, that was the, the match with Sting and Sting says like <laughs> he he was like he, he comes to the ring with like this um, like uh, Japanese I pipe bands and all and that and drummers and then he gets to the ring and he had the scene Triple H's entrance oh, uh, right. just turn looks up 
And he's like, for fuck's sake, man. <laughs> he's like, man, I've just had this snidey wee bond, and now he's got all this Terminator fucking shit. Well, well fucking Sting's one was well better than Triple H's on that occasion. Scott Steiner. Rich says, Scott Steiner coming out with a fucking tiger. Aye, was that 2000? That tiger 2000? must have been fucking terrified. I wonder if it's still alive. Coming out with Scott Steiner. It's <laughs> probably knocked fuck out. Probably, probably fucking WrestleCon next year. Yep. That tiger. Um, Shuts says any of Al Snow's Al Snow who was on the show in episode 2 if you want to catch that any of Al Snow's when he was European champion and he'd come out representing a different country mind that mm-hmm. nobody would have voted to leave the EU if he still had the belt <laughs> oh we've got politics here we've clearly uh, Shuts is a Remainer uh, stay back stay back for that uh, I'm not wanting any of this we're not wanting to get involved in that I'm get in that let's not get political <laughs> on this show the only politics I want to talk about is the politics that kept fucking my favourite wrestler doing back in the day when uh, Triple H was fucking keeping them all down. Mark Shepard says the best entrance, in my opinion, was John Cena's entrance at WrestleMania 25 where all the Cena's came out. Remember, Hunter's a Cena's mm-hmm. and then he comes running down the middle of them. Remember that? I love that. Um, Michael, just Michael, it's the Broods coming up through the fire and that tune as they swagger to the ring. Ding, 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 ding. Gangrel, he's big white shirt on, man. The brood looked like just guys you would see up at Cat House on Halloween, wasn't it? Just guys you'd see aye, the brood, aye. hanging about the bar. J.S. Todd, Warrior's entrance was always my favourite growing up. Whilst everyone would walk to the ring, he was like fucking moaning, sprinting to the ring like a lunatic, ready to squash another jobber. Uh, Jim McLeod says, any of Joe Hendry's entrances? Hey, Joe Hendry put a shift in, by the way, on the entrances, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And I think he's uh, getting to the in Ring of Honour as well. Um, except any of the watered down push for TNA. Uh, well, he got he got he got creative control. Of that. defending TNA. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I'm, shocked. Uh, I'm shocked. Well, fucking, I'm a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> jo- Aye, no, man. Joe's brilliant. He's brilliant at making all this stuff up. And his computer. He's good at it. Aye. <laughs> He's good at the computers. <laughs> He's good at the computer. Jim Thompson says Ray Mysterio is when he used to fire at the grun. <laughs> I love that. Just I as, love imagine shit. somebody wasn't into fucking wrestling. That guy, that guy used to fire out <laughs> the grunt. Gun the mask. I'm trying to visualise it. What? He fired out the grunt? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it was good when he fired out the grunt, though, wasn't it? Mm. You've got to worry about your knees when you're doing that, that big spring out the grunt like that. Oh, aye. Capacious Dave. <laughs> Capacious Dave. August 9th, 1999, greatest entrance ever. Jericho announced himself in WWF television. Love the Ayatollah of Rock and Roll arrived in a blaze of glory to save the WWF. Let me tell you something about that entrance. When we had Jericho on the show as a guest... I was like that to uh, my girlfriend Jen and to my daughter Hope. I was like, you, need, you, to, you need to see this. Aye, I've done that. I've you, done that with you folk that don't like wrestling. Jericho's appearance. Aye, I've done that with that entrance. Well, 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 the countdown, yeah. it doesn't matter if you're no just it's a pop and all that. It's fucking exciting. It's a millennium. You know, you, know <laughs> you know something big has happened. Alex Shearer says Rusev rocking up to WrestleMania in a tank. To the Russian national anthem. I you, love that one, by the way. Love Ru- I love Rusev. I always remember that tweet. You saying that you love Rusev's theme. Alex Shearer says, this is only topped by the claim that he also pumped... He also right. made love this to Lana. This is just getting out of hand. He made love to why Lana they, in that tank. Why do in people fact, think they can be? Somebody said he tried to make love to Lana in the t- tank and then he tweeted out, tried? Question mark. As in, like, I fucking did, mate. Big Rusev. Eh? Oh, some boy. <laughs> a boy, man. Hey, can I take him anywhere? Big Rusev. Couldn't rest on bare feet, mind you, man. Paul says, I need to read this one. Grado, can he read this? Yeah. Hans Dunn, it's Grado's entrance. Oh, I'm fed up, folk. Put me... Thanks, Paul. No, just saying that. 
try and for a shout out, but a shout out to Paul Grado. The first time I saw Grado in Aberdeen at the beach ballroom, fucking ballroom on a beach. That just sums up the Aberdonians, it's a man. Great theatre to wrestling. A great. Is it actually a ballroom on a beach? It's a ballroom on a beach, mate. It really is. It, seriously, ballroom on a beach sounds like a fucking WCW pay per view. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to ballroom on a beach. <laughs> That's uh, one I, of the I, mad ones where they have the bikers and the bikers' girlfriends, Nora or I, I, re- I wrestled uh, Scotty Too Hot. I think in the either two thousand, I think it was the two thousand and fifteen one, and obviously. I'd never really worked, um, well, I didn't work heel, but put it this way, you know, I had to kind of spice it up a wee bit, aye, because aye, twos aye. Were, were very well late, and he's in the match, he's going, put some heat on me, put some heat on me, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I was like, fan of trance, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> elbow drop, elbow drop, <laughs> you know what I mean, I fucking try, I was like, well, I did, well, I did, but, um, how is, how is he? He is the sweetest man, aye. sweetest, sweetest man, he loves roller coasters, every time you, you, you go on Facebook, he's eyeing fucking, a, he's eyeing a roller coaster. You know, Ronan Keaton says that life itself is a roller coaster. Hey, baby. Um, anyway, it, it was the best thing you'd seen in wrestling for ages, Paul. Seeing you. Thanks, on the beach. Paul. I appreciate that. Paul, um, seeing you on the beach. I'll be was... back at WrestleZone next year. Ballroom at the beach. Ballroom at the beach. We're watching Ballroom at the beach. Grado, I want to ask you before we wrap up this wee bit. Um, tell us about your entrance. Why? Like why like a prayer? Why all the you know? Because to me it's the it's the quintessential <laughs> Scottish baby face. Uh, no, what? Why? Where Aye, did you get it? Everybody was using rock music. Everybody was using metal music. I thought I want something. I want something different for a start. Something different. And uh, I had heard the song like a prayer on Glee. No, I'd know. I'd been aware of the song, but the Glee version was <laughs> brilliant with a choir and all that. And I thought, man, that'd be. Tidy, absolutely tidy to use that as an entrance. But when I was practicing it in my bedroom, as you do, right? Because we all do it as wrestlers. Mm-hmm. They, you do practice. You, everybody has practiced an entrance Aye. in their bedroom. And uh, there was a bit in it where it just stole, and there's no enough beat to it. So I thought, I need for another version of this song. And it was, you know how on Spotify, you have these covers versions of songs aye, aye. like it's just they, they're not even covers they're the exact replicas of the song so I found I think they're called uh, the Hit Nation they're called and they date every song under the, under the sun and uh, I remember, remember being at my mate Jordan's house on Spotify going through Spotify and I went that's the version right that's the version because I remember I was to make my ICW debut and I had to pick music and you know I nearly picked Dancing in the Moonlight by Top Loader oh, oh no it, way I know I know, I know I, or I was going to use Real American by Hulk Hogan and just brass it Oh my god! And uh, like or like a prayer, and I remember taking the CD up version it, and uh, I remember Louise Marshall who works, who used to work at ICW. We had to download it and burn it, for the computer and take it to the CD player, and like we done it once, never worked. Aww. Done it twice, never worked. And she's like, "We just need to use something." Else. I was like, "No, please." So we tried the third time, it nearly never ha- never happened. We managed to get it in. Me How much do you think that would have affected? Fuck, I, mean- I don't think I'd be sitting here right now. Seriously? Seriously, Jesus. I don't. I don't, mate. No, definitely. I really, really don't. Because it's just some of these things are just, it's like magic in it. It's like all the different things all coming together. I always think it? about that, that if, if, I'm, if I did decide to use the Top Loader song or like a prayer or if that CD never burnt, it freaks me out. <laughs> Thinking about it. But that's what, that's life in yeah. it, man. That's what life is like. But bro, I want you to try and get, John, can you try and get Madonna on this show? <laughs> and listen, I just think, you need to just was, ask. Mate, mate. <laughs> listen, leave that one with me. I'll see what I can do. I know a few people. So it's now time for our listener of the week. And uh, me and Rab are in cahoots as to who is listener of the week. 
Um, I suggested that the guy who commented on the WrestleMania six entrances, the Geech, Geech who said, who uttered the phrase, every cunt in a dug at WrestleMania six in a wee motorised ring. That for me, uh, sealed the deal for being listener of the week. And Rab has said that he would prefer the blonde Brocky to go over for uh, coming up with chips, cheese and donna meat and basically, basically creating the next... Big faction. Faction in wrestling. Yeah. The, the breakout faction of 2020. So, we're going to toss the coin. Blonde Brocky will be heads and Geech will be tails. Who's it going to be? Here's a flip. And it is tails. It's so, the Blonde Brocky is listener of the week. And producer John, what does that mean they get? They get the virtual wrestling daft title. The virtual wrestling daft title will go, be mate. winging its way to you across the virtual... Send a picture of themselves... All oh, right, so they're gonna. Oh fuck's sake! We're gonna Photoshop a picture of belt onto a picture of you. There you go. So congratulations. So remember, listeners, when you're gonna be um, providing content for the show, just remember that you could win Listener of the Week, and you could get that fucking comedy title. Get a wee JPEG. Get a wee JPEG. Or, or a PNG. Who knows? Or a PDF. Could be a PNG. I'm sorry. Could I'd, be a, aye. I'd, there are other right. uh, formats available of images. Yep. <laughs> Time now for us to talk to Dave Lagana. Dave Lasagna. Dave Lagana, who's written for TNA, Ring of Honor, written for WWE. Creating incredible wrestling moments, some of the best wrestling moments you've seen and probably came for the mind. Yeah, this guy's probably been involved there. I'm really putting him over big time. He's in a car right now, driving across America, driven by the one and only Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins and of NWA. These two guys, man... <laughs> They know what they're doing at ten pounds a gold. Let's speak to Dave Lagana. Welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? How you doing? Listen, Dave. I think it's fair to say that we're loving NWA Power here. Have you been? Have you guys been quite uh, surprised by how well it's been received? Because the wrestling audience is a, a very, it's a very critical audience, isn't it? But I think it's been uh, it's been received really well across the board. You must be feeling quite happy. Yeah, it's, Billy and I were actually just talking about it. We just got a, a message on our YouTube comments about. A guy said, "Wow, this is the this is the type of wrestling my father used to sit and watch with me, and you know he's passed, and you know he said that there, this would never come back, and here it's back. And I think what's interesting is is the audience we're appealing to are people that have been sort of either run off or disenfranchised. So the, the, a lot of the feedback we're getting is from people that haven't watched in a long time, and you know there's a lot of wrestling fans that either check in once a year at WrestleMania or whatever, and." You know, we plan this show to be something that appealed differently than the market than what sort of the the trend has become. Still, still appealing. It's still enjoyable to those that that enjoy the way trends go, but in a completely different world from how the studios set up to the talents we used and the skill sets of those. So, we're, we we were blown away by the first week and, and the reaction. Obviously, as we normalize, we're building a, a new base of fans every week. Just as you just scroll through the NWA Power uh, hashtag on Twitter, you just see, wow, just found this. Every day there's five, six, ten people that are saying that and going through, and it's it's been a unique adventure every week with it. Oh, that's interesting. You know what, as David, as has there been any fans from NWA when it's in its prime, the 70s, 80s, that have have refound NWA? Has there been any fans that have that used to go to the shows in the studio that have turned up, you know, 30 yeah, years we, later? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had um. There's a guy that he's in one of the packages we did. He his dad used to take him to the the Techwood the 605 show, uh, and he's like, wow, you know, this is the show my dad took to me as a kid, and you know, and 
he came to the show on a lark. He didn't he didn't know what he was getting into, and he goes, it, just, it was like I was a time warp. And you know, as people find it, and you know, we do we do some targeted ads, and it's it's one of the reasons you know we love working with Jim Cornette and the Rock and Roll Express. In a social world, you can target fans of Ric Flair who are 45 years and older in Atlanta, Georgia, and there's a good chance if they like Ric Flair and are, are my age, they grew up on it. So you know, we're able to kind of use the imagery and the content we're creating to just put it in front of them and let them decide. You know, we're not hard selling them and we're not saying hey, buy tickets to this event. It's, hey, here's a video with the Rock and Roll Express. And to us, that kind of advertising has has paid off because we, we got new people discovering it. And it's, I think it's why, you know, we've been, Billy and I have been running the NWA for two years and we, we had nice growth, but in one week, we were 10 times bigger than we were in the first two years on one week of, of, of running a show. I definitely noticed, David, that um, when people were, you know, over the years, over the past like four or five years, you would see people sharing a lot of videos of promos and stuff like that. And a lot of young people as well who would share old promos of Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair in that kind of setup. And it just appeared, it just appeared kind of cool as fuck. It all came run again and seemed really cool. Um, so it was definitely interesting that you, you noticed that and tapped into that. But there must have been a wee bit of trepidation still about about going back to that old style. It's because it's a very difficult uh, line to walk that. Were you feeling a wee well, bit cautious, nervous? Uh, no, because if, what worked before will always work. Now, I'll use a civilization thing. Civilizations were built on rivers, which meant uh, communication and, and, and transport. And so for us, we knew that talking them into the building worked in the past. And I think nowadays it's how many flips and how many stars you can get. And, and it, while that is, is the currency of the day promos still work people still connect i mean grado you you don't do a shooting star press but you know how I've to tried. communicate with an audience and and uh you know how to connect right. and we saw it in tna i actually had we i have a long interview with eli that i'll probably not use where you know when we we did a storyline with eli and grado and i remember eli thought we were punishing him which you know anyone's <laughs> ever spent time with grado you can feel like punishment but um but like like it worked because we went to a personal level of communication and you know grado's job was on the line here this bad heel had did something nefarious to our good friend grado and you know the audience reacted and a match with grado's career on the line you know in a ladder match drew the highest quarter yep. of that of that three-month period because people cared and it was all on, on the communication not how many flips they did yep. and i think that's where we we know it works and Again, we were blown away by the reaction, but we believed in the concept because it worked before. We weren't we weren't doing wrestling on the moon. It was simply a concept that had worked before, and we just we made sure that it was to the right type of audience. Right. I must admit, I did make an arse of that loop because you put, you guys put me over in a ladder match on live TV on Pop. It drew like the highest rated segment. And then I took off to go back to Scotland today to comedy shows. So basically, you guys put me over, could have went, you could have done something with me, and I had to travel back to Scotland, which absolutely broke my heart and killed any buzz that I was ever going to get for that ladder match, which yeah. I regret. But, but you know, that's that speaks to your talent, and you're still over in the States based on that one storyline with Eli, and it really helped you get over. So even when you came back, you know, a little bit later to do this or that. It just, it was, um, you know, it, it, it once you get over, you're over. And that's, you know, like Nick Aldis is, he's 
33 years old and you know he's been wrestling for a long time and it's like it's funny to see people go wow where's this guy been he's always been there it just takes the right exposure and once once you get over to an audience they believe in you and i think that's what we're doing with our show is getting these characters over not again how great a wrestler they are that comes and i grew up in we were just talking about this we grew up in 1985 i didn't know how good a wrestler rick flair was but i was sure interested in the personality was and then when i I didn't worry about his wrestling. I wanted to see him fight Dusty Rhodes. And I think that well, that works in life. You know, it works in politics. It works in sports. The game is the game. And, and yeah, you have to be a professional to be really good at it. But that that's that's standard. Being a great personality and selling tickets is what people want. But you, but you also need a good team behind the scenes um, helping, to yeah. tell the, helping to tell the stories. And talk to us about Tim Storm because... This guy, for me, I mean, I, I consider myself reasonably knowledgeable about wrestling and about the scene, but when Tim Storm first made an appearance, you know, on the 10 Pounds of Gold stuff, the YouTube videos you were doing, I didn't know who this guy was. And this guy's story was immediately just so engrossing because it felt so real and you were instantly so invested. For your perspective as a writer, as a creative, how, how do you how, tell us about that Tim Storm thing? So, so I've told the story multiple times about Tim. So when Billy... Uh, bought the brand and we dove into what we were and it's funny we just drove by one of the venues of one of the shows i went to went to a show where there were 26 people there and the guy was telling me how all these plans he has with his territory and hoping we would still let him run the territory and i was just like what are you doing like you're you, what, like so so we we, did, we dealt with a lot of what we called carnies um which were basically people were telling you how great things were but you know anyone with two eyes would see it wasn't tim was the only honest and true thing that what in what we bought you know, Tim was the champion. We had a situation where a promoter had offered Tim a good five-figure payday to screw us over and drop the title to somebody else. And, you know, I called Tim once I kind of got wind of it. And I said, listen, I said, we like you. You know, I personally like you. And, and, and his reaction to that moment showed how true. He did not want to hurt the legacy of the NWA. And he, he didn't know us from Adam. And, you know, I had called Billy after that and said, I'd like to try something with this guy. We want to let this real guy come through. And Tim trusted us because the audience had no uh, no uh, knowledge of him. So it was like on a fresh canvas. And Tim was what we bought. He was he was the world champion who just who was a school teacher. And to hide that would have been it wouldn't have worked as well because he looks he looks great. He's 50. He was 53 at the time. He's 55 now. You show me a 20-year-old who looks that good all the time, and he's put the work in. He looks like a star, and, he, and the guy that he is, that, that, that humble man, that is who he is. And so he's not going to be Grado as a comedy guy. He's not going to be Hulk Hogan as this guy. We just went with what he was, and you know, we coined in December of 2017, this is the authentic era, and everybody in our show is just a version of who they are, and you know, just let it be them. And it's, it's worked with every one of our characters, and without Tim Storm, we wouldn't be here. But you have that belt as well, didn't you? I mean, you're talking about legacy yeah. there, and you've got that belt. I mean, that is the belt. So I imagine that must be front and center of everything you're doing there. Yeah, the, the belt is what we bought. You know, we bought a logo in that belt. We bought some other belts that we ended up not using. And, you know, that belt disappeared from the NWA from 1986, 1985, 86, until I think it came back in like 93. You know, they went with the big gold belt. And it's my favorite argument people have, which belt is better, <laughs> which is hilarious. Uh, but anyway, but like that belt, the, the 10 pounds of gold, I think it came around like 71 or 72 after Dory Funk lost it. And it's it's this, it's iconic. It's it's the front plate. It's, you know, it's, it's the hood ornament of the company. And you know whoever holds that, the responsibility. And, you know, Nick Aldis stepped into that 
responsibility and he's he's carrying forward this legacy of names that people know and it's it's iconic and it's a brand you, you, you obviously must be spending a lot of time with Billy. Every time I see stuff on Facebook, whether it be on the road with wrestling, you filmed quite a lot of stuff with him when he's on the road with, with, with yep. his music. What is your relationship like with Billy? Do you argue? Do you roll about the floor and fight? Is our... Now, Billy and I don't fight great. Oh, right. we, don't, we, don't fan, we don't fantasy book uh, fighting with each other. No, we, um, <laughs> we get along really well, and it's, you know, we've been friends for over 10 years, and it... You know, it's, it's like when you go in a foxhole with somebody, like our, our time in TNA, you know, you learn a lot about who things are. We joke about the Game of Thrones, and we were talking about one person uh, specifically in September of 2016. We watched them change sides four times in three weeks. Like, they changed their loyalty just based on the way the wind was blowing. And, you know, that's fine. And then we live in a survivalist world. You know, you, you got to go paycheck to paycheck and understand it. But in the end, you know, you have to kind of either pick a lane and, and it's not really as much a money thing. It's just it's what what kind of life you want to lead. And so Billy and I are very much aligned in that and in, in the reasons we're doing this. You know, we're, Billy's putting up a lot of his own personal equity and money, you know, and it's a risk. He's he's known for smashing pumpkins in his in his music. And it's like, what are you doing in this wrestling world? And so to have success and for us to be able to work together with it, it's it's very gratifying for both that it's completely different than everything even down to our theme song everyone's like well why aren't you using a smashing pumpkin song it's it's not about his music it's about a completely different uh skill set that he has speaking of theme songs i always thought it was really really cool that billy managed to get um was it the merrill manson song song. what one was it i can't remember but that was so cool like at the time for that to be on on tna or impact as it was that was cool getting getting to hear Manson on our show was was cool. That was well, and that that's relationships, and that's that's just one. And and I think that's part of Billy's skill set and power is that he has great relationships. Yep. And I think what's what's great is, and we've seen it with Dawkins, is you know people have an emotional attachment to that song, and even if you did it, it's interesting that the the amount of people that have loved that song and they're like, wow, I can't believe it's in wrestling. It's just it's a little touch of something and. You know, music is a just like like a promo. It's communication of what people like and don't like, and these these songs have uh, resonance, and it helps it helps paint the thing. I mean, Grado, you know, well, I just you know what, how your Madonna yep. song. I thought Billy was going to. I thought Billy was going to try and phone Madonna for me. Still working he's, on he's it. Still work, he's, still, he's still working on Madonna to get you those rights for that song. Right. I know well, it's been five years. <laughs> I know you two almost had a shoot fight about it in the ring. <laughs> um, wherever that was, in, in England somewhere. It was Birmingham. That was brilliant. Uh, that was brilliant. Yeah. At the end of the show, we, <laughs> Billy gets his phone out and threatens to, to, to phone Madonna to get the rights <laughs> to the song. And I think he ends up basically telling me to fuck you, I'll never phone Madonna. He healed on brilliant. you in the ring. He, was, he, he healed me on the ring. And, and I remember going, can I hit you with a move? Can I hit you with a move? And he's going, don't you fucking dare hit me with a move. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah, he would, he would, if, even if you would have hit it, he would have known it's all the great. David, you're a guy who won't be any stranger to a, a writer's room, right? Uh, when you are working with the WWE, I, I've always, I've always wondered this myself. You know, I've always wondered this myself. I've always thought, what is that environment like? What is that? Just speaking for the writer's perspective, I'm not talking about for the perspective of wrestling. I'm not asking you to trash anybody or give us any stories. I'm yeah. just meaning. For the writer's mind, what is what is that situation like? Every writer's room is different across every genre, and you know, you, you, especially an established 
so so when I was 24, I got very lucky to be on the Friends writers room, and and there was already sort of established politics and and systems and such yeah. in that world. So you kind of you have to adapt to the systems that are there, and you have to remember a show like that, like Friends, and then WWE. They're they're money juggernauts. There's a reason that those shows are as successful as they are. It's it's chemistry. It's leadership. So you know a lot of people think. Oh, horror stories of working on WWE creative. Well, that machine works. It works, you know, and so you're literally a cog and you have to understand your your purpose in that machine. And, you know, you know, my relationship with Vince on that was very much very clear. Like when I ran SmackDown and I had people working under me, they would get frustrated that he would say no. But he has the vision of what he wants and you can disagree with it. But the man's rebuilt his company three different times in three different environments from you know, the 80s, you know, when he took it from his father in the Attitude Era and then in this era, you know, to take the company. When I was there, the stock was nine dollars and to get the yeah. stock up to one hundred dollars. You know, that is a skill that I don't think anybody else could probably do to understand the market and, and discipline. And so for to be a writer in that thing, my my job and anyone in that room is to generate ideas for the person who's setting the vision. Well, that's and, the, the, you know, as an audience member, we may not agree with his vision, but you have to look at the end result of the company that he's built. And now for Billy and I building our own company, we have a very distinct vision. And while Gradle might have this great idea to shave this cat in the ring, it may not fit our vision. That, I mean, that is, I'll make it work. That is the, that is the interesting thing, because work. when you read over the years, when you read about the drama of maybe people that have drifted into the writer's room in the WWE and drifted back out, and they talk about what the environment's like, and I think a lot of wrestling fans read that stuff and listen to those stories, and it sounds extreme and outrageous to them, but it is, I mean, it's like you say, it is really just the way writer's rooms work. They are intense, they're quite cutthroat. You know, there's always somebody who's there in charge of the writer's room who's going to say yes or no. It's just a standard writer's room setup. How does it work with you guys right now at NWA? Are you calling all the shots in the writer's room? Uh, well, we don't have a writer's room. <laughs> uh, you know, we uh, we don't even have a room. You know, we have, you know, we live in a What's very up? digital world. Um, and in reality, all we try to do is put our, and, and it's the quote, you know, let talented people be talented. And we set the template, you know, of what we want. We communicate with the talents what we hope to achieve. And then they just go out and do it. And, you know, our, our vision of the show is that it just keeps moving at a pace that is you never want to pick up your phone. And it's funny to hear people talk about, oh, the show's a throwback. It's from the 80s. Go watch one of the studio wrestling shows. It don't move like this. You know, it's, yeah. it is slow. It's plotting. Some of the promos are god awful. But what we took was 30 percent of what really worked on those shows and then and then tried to create it for an Instagram world where I got a minute. I got 30 seconds. I got 90 seconds. You know, and then if I really intrigue you for the full match, great, we have a 19-minute match to main event. I mean, I think what you guys have done really well is that, you know, nostalgia is quite a thing. You always you always remember things better than they actually were. And I think yep. I think you're trying to present that kind of that kind of wrestling show just now. It's almost like as golden as people remember it. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. it's like you say, if you're actually going back and look at the reality, it wasn't it, it wasn't it all gold. What is the long yeah. what, what is the long term plan for you guys then? Do you have, I mean, are you, are you just adding fans? Our, our long-term plan is adding fans one yeah. at a time. And, you know, we, you know, we had an explosion in our merch business when the show took off and we haven't really pushed it. You know, we're not, we're not sending tweets out every day, buy my shirt, buy my shirt, buy my shirt, which is sort of the, the wrestler currency of monetizing each person, every interaction. You know, we simply want to create a product that people really enjoy and the, the money will come, you know, we, 
we made a conscious decision. It's funny to, to read things like no network wanted this show. We've not pitched this show to any network. <laughs> yeah. We've not we've turned down financing for this show because we want to set a vision and a business and, and the growth of our business in, in six weeks is uh, very fast. And, you know, we're playing catch up on a lot of stuff. But in reality, the show sets the template and people's time is what we want. We, we want people to find this show and go, God, not one moment of my time is wasted. And I think I think people's time is very important, especially now when you have so many choices. When there are people on Instagram who are famous for their butts are far more famous than Brad Pitt. And I'm talking about you, Grady. Oh, I knew you were um, going to say that. You know, I, I, you, um, I've got course. a nice butt. And that's how we live now. And you can't cre- – it's not 1996 anymore. I, I, I remember you, um, without putting myself over again, um, I always remember Please you, put yourself over. Yeah, please, I. I always remember you telling me that I was one of the easiest people to write for, storyline-wise. Are you finding that way the current roster that you've you've got to NWA? Are you happy with it? If you get yeah, the, you get, you're good we, have a, we have a great roster, and you know um, they all. Uh, we said it to them the first day. You're all here for a reason. You're all here to because you fit a skill set. Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston is one of the most talented he's a promos. Great talker, man. He is amazing. And he's been a great yep. promo for ten years. Yep. You know, I worked with him in Ring of Honor in 2009, 2010, and. You know, we brought him into Impact uh, during the Game of Thrones period, and those who were taking over the company wouldn't let him talk. No. Like, why did we? Why did you hire him then? Oh. You know, but it, it was, and, and you know, Eddie Eddie's frustration has now boiled through on the screen, and he's a he's a dynamic character. Life is moved by dynamic characters. Bland people don't sell products. You don't. Correct. See, exactly. Great, we, yep. The bland the bland product would be a great would be a great brand. It's just well, actually. Uh, uh, the car guy, the Tesla guy has a thing. It's called the boring company. Uh, you know, people, but we want these dynamic personalities that, that create amazing moments. And that's the world we live in. And you have, you, you, you get three seconds. We, we met at Snapchat a couple weeks ago and they told us that people make up their mind in three seconds if they're going to watch a longer video. And if, if you're a wrestler and you're, my, my, my least favorite thing in wrestling is you, you have your music kick in you're sitting there waiting and imagine somebody watching that on Instagram and you're waiting for 45 seconds in the song before you walk out. They've moved on. Yeah. Like, oh, I like this song. You have to understand people's attention and, and really focus on that in a way. And so our talents are all people that can grab attention. Let Eli Drake go out and talk. Let Allison Kay go out and talk. In, in a world where women's wrestling has never been hotter, and in air quotes, we want to find a lane for our women. And like Thunder Rosa, here's a girl, a woman that you know broke in the business five years ago at 33 years old and has has found a niche for herself and you know other promotions didn't get it and you know i said to billy Let, let's try this let's try this woman she has something and in, in one day she got herself over in front of this live event audience and we're going to reward that we're not going to go ooh, you know we really are behind allison we don't want anyone to overshadow her no we want to see these these characters battle it out and let the audience decide mm. and a lot of what we're going to create moving forward and a lot of the announcement we have coming later this week will build to that where we're going to let the audience really dictate what kind of people that appear in our world. And I think that's important. And, and we like to listen not only to our audience, but our talents and, and, and make them feel comfortable to create in a world where, you know, this, this is a long tail game for us. Tell us what's the announcement. What's the announcement? Tell us the announcement. 
There's no, no way, there's no way he's going to tell us the announcement <laughs> early. That's not going to no, happen. I'm not going to stooge it to you. You're the biggest stooge in the world. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. It's like when we did Odar. You fought me on Odar. You didn't get it. And then once you got it, you got it. You know, hey, that's one of my favorite things we did with you is Odark. Odark the Great. Love that. I love that. You, just... you, you were trying to fool them. Be- you, you wanted to dress like Rey Mysterio. I'm like, <laughs> no, you just flipped your gear inside out because that's the character you <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah. You're a moron. <laughs> I but I'm a good moron. Oh, it's funny, actually, because somebody asked me um, the other day, would you be willing to play Odark the Great on a lucha show? I have no idea what the Odark the Great mask is. I think the last person to, to play a bit with it was Spud. So I need to hold a Spud to try and get the Odark yep. mask Oh, dog, the great. And then you put me with my Habili Shira, and me and Shira were one of the best tag teams ever to grace a wrestling ring. The, the, the you, first you ever negative five star tag team, <laughs> Odark the Great and Mahabali Shira. Yeah. Uh, but like that's sometimes you have to make chicken salad out of something, right? Yes. And, um, but but no, I mean, like, but think about the reaction that got and how well it worked, and you know, it's people. People get you in one minute. You're not a hard character to understand, so you have to play inside the uh, inside that universe, and you're a very sympathetic character because you kind of look like everybody else. You know, I know I know you enter Mister Universe, and I don't know where you placed in it, but I think I don't think it was very high. <laughs> well, but you know how to play your character in a way because I don't, your character's you. I remember Jeremy listening to a podcast. Uh, JB telling me, "Look, I put you over on a podcast. Listen to this podcast. I put you over." And when I'm listening to it, he goes, yeah. And I mean, Grado, who's uh, built like a loaf of bread and uh, has never seen a gym. And I'm going, what the fuck? Wendy put me over. <laughs> yeah. You're built like a loaf of bread. I would say a bag of milk. <laughs> oh, Bubba Ray, Bubba Ray, that's what he, you move, you, you move around the ring like a bag of milk, but you entertain me. You entertain me. I'll take that. It's almost like, and I hope this, this is a positive. You're almost like the Homer Simpson of pro wrestling. Right? Beautiful. That's, like, I'll take that, man. Yeah. Well, and by the way, Billy, Billy said he met Homer Simpson and, uh, Homer's still more talented than you, but he still likes you all the same. What did he meet Homer Simpson? Was it was it that? He um... was on The Simpsons, Grado. Come on! Oh, oh my God! So I written up. Yeah, it was only the biggest, most watched episode ever. But okay. Well, but, well it was. Did it get as many? Uh, does it get many uh, views uh, than your Friends episode? Uh, I think that, well, we we can weigh my episode of Friends and Billy's uh, Simpsons versus that would be good to Impact, find out. and we can see what happens. David, did, did you want to be a writer when you were a kid? People will laugh. When I was 10 years old, I knew I wanted to do wrestling, but uh, I retired from all active sports in the third grade when my soccer team won uh, the championship, and I realized my I peaked that was as your far high as a point. physical thing. But I, I didn't know what sort of – there were bookers and all that stuff, but I always loved wrestling. Um, and, you know, I, I, I love movies. Uh, I love – I just – I love the process of making people feel things because movies and wrestling made me feel things, and I wanted to do that for a living. So, you know, being a, my other chosen profession was to be a geometry teacher. And um, I don't, I, you've yet to hear anybody get uh, get off from geometry. So. I don't even know what geometry is. What is that? No, oh, that's probably why you are who you are. <laughs> I mean, you know I, I mean, I think it's, 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 for me as a writer, it's the wrestling game is a fascinating thing. I'm giving a talk tomorrow in my daughter's school to a load of school kids. Um, and the talk is the talk is supposedly about my career. It's supposed to be about my career as a writer, but it's called uh, the art of kayfabe. I've called my talk because yep. I do think that wrestling is for anybody that's involved in writing or creative stuff. Wrestling, there's something very pure about wrestling, about the the type of storytelling there is in wrestling, and that direct route to the audience. 
I think there's very few entertainment forms that have such a direct route to the audience it's, as wrestling. It's yeah, it's um, and for us to, to kind of pivot back to what power is. Power is part, you know, it's part theater, it's part Saturday Night Live, and oh yeah, it's wrestling. But it's what works about wrestling, and I think it's kind of got lost. It's it's kind of this mirror on life. You know, you got good guys and bad guys, but in reality, sometimes to some people, somebody to, to Kurt Angle when he came into the WWF was 100% a babyface, but the audience took him as a heel because he was so raw, raw, milk, toasty, like I love America. And it, it just, it goes with the times. And to me, the thing that I described it, you know, I worked on sitcoms and we'd spend six weeks, six months putting a show together that we have no idea how the audience is going to take it. If I say to Grado, go out and say A, B, and C, the audience is going to give us a reaction a minute later. It, it's it's honestly one of the, the best art forms to create in because you get you can try anything and then you just kind of tweak with whatever. It's, it's live theater. And I, I think it's, I think it's really, and by the way, life is live, you know, life is a big improv and how, how you interact with people and, and react is all part of the process. Yeah. On that Kurt Angle debut, when he grabbed the mic and took control of the story is I think one of the best yeah. examples of that. I mean, that was just, it's just an incredible bit of work for him as well to just jump on that story and take control of it right there. And that's what you can do in wrestling. Especially a guy that had never done it before, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, I think back in the day, you know, what, why Vince McMahon was successful in the 80s, he took a lot of guys that had perfected their craft in the territories, and the audience didn't have a lot of uh, miles on them because they had never appeared on, on a national basis. And I think it's kind of a thing that concerns me uh, for current things is everyone's sharing every moment of their career from the very first moment to the point where the audience knows a lot about them. So I think it's why Tim Storm worked, because there wasn't a lot of tape on Tim Storm. I mean, there actually was VHS um on tim storm but you know you 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 have this chance to make an impression of a character, a character like camille she hasn't said a word on our show mm. and it's it's made you far more interested than she was out there talking every week so it's just it's really how you create and and, and make the audience care what, what is your favorite part of wrestling in terms of creating because david you've done the the documentary with drew before he went back to the wwe i've seen you follow yep. guys about you obviously write the shows is there any what you know what what gets you the most? This, it's the sound, the sound of the audience. The sound of the audience. That's how you know. Like, like somebody was like, "Did you see my match?" Yeah. And I'm like, "No, but I heard how it." Boy, they were into it. <laughs> and and you know, I remember Cornette telling me about a blind guy that used to go to wrestling shows, and it would fascinate me on what he got out of it. But but it's the sound the audience makes how and we, how they react to things, and that's how you know if something's working. You know, you're working alongside Jim Jim Cornette, who's very outspoken, disagrees yes. with. Quite a lot of what's on the scene today. How do you manage to work with a guy like Jim Cornette that has so much, has such an opinion about modern wrestling and how it's made? And you know, like, like Jim, uh, I had a very clear talk with Jim of our expectations, and, and obviously we had a situation we dealt with recently. Um, you know, and and Jim knows our our standards of what we're looking for and what what is acceptable and what's not. And for us, you know, Jim, Jim is a wealth of knowledge. Is Jim polarizing? Yes. Yes. But guess what? So the president of the United States is polarizing. Yep. I don't have to agree with him to understand the reasons they do stuff. Um, so for, for us, to me, working with Jim and other guys, it allows us to – Jim adds so much. And, and Grado, obviously, you worked with him a little bit at Impact. You know, it, he adds so much. Yep. The other side, by the way, in his mind, he is, he's engaging that audience on what he believes. And guess what? It's, we, in America, I, I don't understand people who want censorship. 
Like, don't he shouldn't be able to say this stuff. What country do we live in? What like he's allowed to say what he wants to say. If he crosses a certain line, which we dealt with, okay, there's a sensitivity on A. Okay, please avoid A. Great. You know, and, and if and if you step over A again, he understands the consequences for it. And as long as you're clear with what you want out of somebody, and I think that's what is separating us as creators and, and people to work with, we're very clear with our talent what was expected and what we want out of them, and then create with inside those lanes. And most people in wrestling, it's like they'll tell you one thing, and then when you do that thing, they're like, oh, I didn't tell you to do that. It's like, why are you – well, I don't want that world, and that's not the world we create in, and that's not what we're looking to do from here on out. You know, we're sitting here in the studio, and uh, producer John has just held me up a sign because uh, he, John has wrote in a bit of paper, ask about John Cena. How was he like to work with? What do you think? I love John. John was one of the earliest people that I got a chance to really create one-on-one with. I don't think I've talked to John since I left WWE, and I, it's not, uh, it's not like, oh, he doesn't talk to me because I helped him. My, my job was to help John Cena. At the time of when we started doing the rapper John Cena, he was on the verge of getting fired. Right. And so right. we picked a lane, and it was just I, I, I have to like he, his the clarity that he um, that character. And if you go back and look at his first year in the business or in that character, it's almost a perfect year. You know, he he got off, he got he understood what was necessary for his um, his character, and he grew with it. So you know, it's it, it, I, I love what he's done, and the fact he's able to pivot, you know, in his career has been really good for him. David, do you feel an extra bit of pressure when you're when you're writing stuff for a wrestler? Because it's not like writing a it's not like writing a, a minor character in a sitcom. Let's say, let's say in a sitcom you've got a minor character in there. It doesn't they don't necessarily have to slam dunk each line when they appear and stuff. Everything isn't hanging on them. But when you're writing for a wrestler, it's a guy's career as well that's on the line. So there must be an extra bit of pressure there. Yeah, the the, the and, and we don't again we don't do lines in our world. It's just simply understanding what they create well and making it work for them. That's what we do. And so, like, I, I might give a guy a line, hey, try this line, you know, and then we just kind of we create like that. Perfect, David. We're going to let you go soon because thank you for taking the time. Um, and it sounds like the ca- it sounds like the car has stopped as well. Aye, I would yes. ima- I'd imagine yes. we're, we're, in a, we're in a McDonald's parking so, lot. Oh right yeah. So, um, uh, what we do is we think we, we have a thing called the ten count. We never actually ask all the ten questions, but it's just some additional questions to a quick fire. Would you would you be up, David, for answering some of the questions? Quick I'll fire. Six and a half. Yes, perfect. Right, six and a half. Okay. The first wrestling match that you watched, David. Uh, the Dream Team versus Rotunda and Wyndham when they put a cigar on his eye. Your favorite wrestler of all time? Uh, Funaki. <laughs> everybody oh, loves Funaki. Jesus. He's every uh, show. Every show. Your favorite entrance theme? I like a prayer. Ah, it's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be. Rob, keep going. <laughs> Who's your, what's your favorite promo of all time? We've been talking a lot about promos. What's your favorite promo of all time? Oh, God, that's or your, really hard. Or your favorite promo man of all time? Or woman? I, I got to say Dusty. Ah, and I'm not going to say hard times. I just the, the overall body of work. And, and I spent time with him to understand how he created. So, uh, Dusty. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the amazing thing about Dusty. It was almost every promo was great. Almost everyone yeah. was great. I agree. What did you make of Cody's uh, promo last week on EEW? I thought it was great. Cody, I love Cody. Yeah. Cody's one of the one of my favorite people to create with. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't spend a lot of time in Impact. Did you, did, did you write for him when he was there? No, I mean, I, I did. I, we, I, 
I, was we like, argue over who brought him to Impact. He brought himself to Impact. He claims that I did, but I told him not to come to Impact because I wasn't sure if they were going to pay him. Uh, um, <laughs> but you know, uh, we spent a lot of time together on the the Nick Aldis stuff, and you know, getting to allow him to be vulnerable and show his real self in the lead up to All In was one. It's one of my favorite things we've done, oh, and, and I don't think anyone's gotten more out of him than me and Nick Aldis. And David, just before you go, one last question: Who would you love to yeah. work with? Who would you love creatively to work with? That's out there just now that isn't with you guys at NWA. Uh, well, I mean, what's great is is anyone can walk through that curtain at any time. And you know, one of the be- like one of the best um, endorsements we got was from The Rock. I'd love for just one, and I'm friends with Brian Gortz, you know, who who works for Rock. I think the idea of The Rock one day walking through and uh, cutting a promo on our show would be amazing. Can I also just say, David, there is a guy that you had asked uh, through the NW, I don't know if he's yourself, but NW asked um, for a talent who's currently unsigned to that would fit NWA, and a lot of people replied, Jackie Polo, he's a wrestler in Scotland. Um, I want to endorse Jackie Polo and and, sure. and say for you, and advise you to have a look at his stuff on YouTube. Great. Yeah, the guy yeah. is great. We'll look, at, we'll look at him, but obviously it's difficult for international Visas, talents based on, 100%. Based, on our, based on our... um based on our, our, our current uh, political thing. But, you know, we're open to whatever. And, you know, Nick Nick was actually just over in the U.K. for a week. And, you know, I know he looked at a bunch of people. And that's the thing. If they can talk and they can communicate, then they, they have a place in our world. Yes, well, listen, guys, we love the show. We have to say, like, we genuinely, it's nice to have you on here so that we can say we genuinely love the show. We yeah. think it's great. So so awesome. keep on going. And we thanks, appreciate it, guys. And uh, thanks so much for yeah, coming on the show. Thanks very much. And can we, so when we uh, advertise this episode, can we say uh, David Lagana in brackets whilst Billy Corgan drives? Yeah, and if you want, if you want to put uh, and Billy Corgan driving, uh, yep. you know, as like Billy Corgan nodding, I think you definitely could. <laughs> Thanks very it. much, David. Uh, sending lots of love to you and Billy. I will. Thanks, Credo. Right. See you See later. Guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's now time for your chance to win beer and our beer fifty-two match of the week. Congratulations to Grant Donnelly, by the way. Well done, big Granty. Granty watch, boy. Watch last week's match, which was Dean Malenko versus the great Eddie Guerrero on ECW at Hostile City Showdown 1995. The match ended, of course, in a time limit draw. So now we've got more chances for you to win beer. Each week we're going to give you a classic wrestling match to watch and all you have to do is answer a question on it just to prove that you actually watched it. All right. Everybody who gets the right answer will go into the draw to win the beer. And they skip to the end to see what happens. Don't <laughs> doing that. You can enter by checking out the match and answering the question on the Wrestling Daft Facebook page or replying to the tweet on Twitter at Wrestling Daft. Winners must be over 18, of course, over 18, so you can drink booze. And you must stay in the UK, okay? You must stay in the UK. Pick out, right, pick out your match, Gredo. Like, what is the match this week? I can't wait to hear what Gredo's choice is. He is a man from the square circle. Was his day going to be? My match dates back to 2003. It was during the era when NWA TNA were doing weekly pay-per-views at the, Na- the Nashville Fairgrounds. A pay-per-view every week? A pay-per-view every week. We think about how crazy that was. Yes, that must have been after that. I mean, I don't know how, how much it was. I don't know if it was 20 bucks, 30 bucks. I mean, tickets I, were free. I, well, the tickets were free. Oh, well, the tickets were free to get in. But I, I go to half uh, a tape. I was 
involved in the tape trading scene at the time, so I got a free hold of all. I must have sent something like the Jim Cornette shoot or what else? Super J Cup '94. And what did and what did you and what did you what what was the match you you picked it? So the match for the 30th of April 2003 was between Raven and Jeff Jarrett. What was so good about this this match was every week I was getting sent these tapes. Every boy was brown because that was kind of the only alternative to WWE in terms of like. Highest production and stuff like that. It wasn't the best for production, but it was, you know, they had their own, everyone had their own theme music. Good lights and all uh, that. Good lights, mate. Good lights. That's some lights. Good lights and good tables to pop through. And like. Quote the Raven. Never, never more. more. That was the, the thing I think was cool about it was Raven had been um, sacked for WWE and once he worked his 90 day complete cause, no complete cause, sorry, he invaded the ring and I think he beat down Jeff Jarrett and then it led to weeks of they two uh, feuding for the NW heavyweight title at that time 50 year tradition so it was still it wasn't as big as it was Aye. in the 80s but it was still you know still a would you, what would you say a, what's that word I'm looking for a lot of shite <laughs> <laughs> no, no, my brother. There was, still... <laughs> no, was still some legacy to it. Oh, aye, a bit of respect. There was prestige. There was still That's a bit of word. prestige. There was still a bit of prestige to it. Raven versus Jeff Jarrett. Great match. And when I ended up becoming pally with Jeff Jarrett, I always, always gave him shit for the fact that he never put the belt on Raven because the belt should have been on Raven that night. There was so much drama, mate. Everybody was doing that ring. Perry Saturn was doing that ring. He had debuted the week before. There was SEX Sports Entertainment Extreme, Vince Russo's mob. They were doing there. There was ECW Legends, Perry Saturn, Sandman, New Jack, the full lot of them were doing there. Everybody was doing there. That's why this week's questions, I'm going to ask the punters, who isn't he out there? Who is he? Who didn't he interfere in that match? There was one wrestler in the world that didn't he interfere the in his fucking match. And the history of wrestling, name one wrestler Beautiful. that didn't he interfere in this and heavyweight cheating, title no, match. You just have to watch a match. You have to, to watch sure. a match and make sure that there's, you know... Don't you go saying that Giant Gonzalez wasn't in this match. You don't know for sure. You better watch it. I, make sure. Don't be saying Doink the Clown didn't interfere in this match if you... If you'd, you know, he might have. He might have. You he remember what that there. era was like? He Aye. might have. You better watch it. Everybody and their granny interfered in this match. So It might have been your you granny if she was part of but a wrestling roster at that point at that time. You love this match, though. I love this match. Right, okay. There was blood, sweat, tears, and... Quote the Raven. No, no more. more. And Jeff, uh, Jeff Jarrett's favourite... Everybody goes on about uh, Jeff Jarrett's song. They go over through Bruce's podcast, would you call it, you know... Man in my days working oh, hard on the go. My, that wasn't my favourite Jeff Jarrett theme song. My favourite Jeff Jarrett theme song was Jarrett's NWTNA one. And one that go, My world, my world oh. is down. And up the man and down the man and don't look back. Is he that, and man and being the rock. It's an annoying one, though. It's annoying, but it's, it's annoying. It's groovy. There's a groove to it, Rob. Uh, and you can get free beer. Listen, it's, it's not just about winning this. You can get free beer for Beer 52 as well. All you need today is go to beer52.com forward slash wrestling and we can sort out free beers for you. Just cover 4 95 for the postage, all right? And as you're a wrestling daft listener, we will give you two extra free beers in your first box. So that's a total of 10 free beers. 10 beers, 10 beers, 10 beers. That's going to give you a wee taste of happiness. Ten mails, ten Your first meals. box will be sent to you next day delivery. You'll not be waiting two weeks for it, three weeks for it. No, next day. Mate. Next day, next day. You just next have to survive day. one mere night, and you'll be able to get ten beers, and it will contain beer for all your career. 
It's a monthly subscription service for beer, and Beer 52 do not hold you to ransom, right? So you can leave at any time. You can get out of here at any time, quote the raven, nevermore. So just go to beer52.com forward slash wrestling, nay backslashes, please. <laughs> to get your first case of 10 beers for free. Hey, backslashes, please. <laughs> uh, folks, I want to thank you all for listening. Gredo, I mean... Favourite show yet, I must admit. Do, do you... How do you feel about doing this show, mate? It's just it's lovely, isn't it? To I catch love it. Up like I this. love it. It's great. There's nothing else left to say other than, Gredo, pro wrestler as you are. Where are you working this weekend? Well, tonight, Rob, I'm going to be wrestling for SWA Scottish Wrestling Alliance at the Paisley Lagoon Centre. I'll be wrestling there, and I will be wrestling... Uh, I think I'm wrestling... Oh, Red Lightning! Who, funnily enough, was the guy that I wrestled the first time that I ever used Like a Prayer. Beautiful who, uh, look, beautiful connections there as well, SWA, where we met. Mm-hmm. Red Lightning, right who we were in a match with. Exactly. Friend La- of the show. Lagoon? At the, at the what? Lagoon, Paisley Lagoon Centre. Dave Laguna was on this show. Dave Laguna was on this show. <laughs> fucking weird, isn't it? This is a weird show, man. It's fucking weird. I think Chips, this is haunted. Cheese, Donner, meet Dave Laguna, Billy Corgan, Homer Simpson. I think this show's haunted. Uh, I think fucking Kevin Sullivan's put a curse on this show. It's happened. Margaret! Margaret, get the red light on. The, fiend. the actual fiend, Kevin Sullivan. It's yourself. We'll Have see you next week. We won't see you. We won't see you. Enjoy your week. Head on belt. See you next time. This is for network hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.